0: Podcasts and uh <laughs> there was no audio. So apologies to anybody who, who tried to listen in and uh nothing happened. So I am hopefully um, coming through. Good for you. This is redig the wells, rebuild the walls and sort of an idea, um from a book, there's a book called Redigging the Wells or something like that. Redigging the Wells of Revival, a really good book. And I've been thinking about talking about the restoration of Christian communities for almost two years now. Um, it's been a part of my walk, a part of uh, how I framed my lifestyle a kingdom lifestyle. And it started with trying to understand who I was in the Lord and then trying to understand what my purpose was as, as a man who wanted to serve the Lord, be as purposeful, be used for kingdom exploits, and then also be the best husband, best father, uh, whatever it is that I had in my season of life, Uh, I was called to it you know because I was called to have the purpose to to engage with it uh, on a, a deeper level than just uh the behavioral now um this is sort of a little update but also just um something to encourage you um i've noticed that many others um i have some brothers I've talked to some folks just randomly out and about when i go to the gym um, when i go to the restaurants you know whoever come in t- contact with i'm always wondering if i'm there uh to encourage people you know the people in line at a fast food uh or at the uh, supermarket uh so many opportunities just to have conversations and uh Say, hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh, you know, you know people. Say, hey, how you doing? And talking about what God's doing in your life, sharing a testimony um, about what you think he might be doing in the near future, that gets people energized. And we're a community of believers. We are a community of people um, that not only create community for ourselves, but to create community for others to enjoy, uh, to set up spaces where there could be restoration healing now as it pertains to revival and this move of god that a lot of people are talking about already um, i think it has started to first happen inside of our homes um, there's been unnoticed hunger uh, for for the lord um, if you experienced any sort of setback in covid during covid last couple of years then you know what I'm talking about, it shaped uh, the way that people pray. Um, they, you know, people are asking for things that are needs. People are asking for uh, health. People are asking for people to be basically raised from the dead. You know, if they have COVID and they're in bad shape, people are praying fervent prayers for God's healing touch. And not just for people's lives. Um, I think because of what's happened, uh, closeness, proximity, change in jobs, no jobs, no money, whatever, it's shown people what's on the inside. You know, there's been some things that have been out of place for families, for instance. We've. um I, don't know if I lose my feed? Oh, guys. I just, oh, I guess I'm going to have to go with my backup battery, which I hope I have. Jeez, oh, there is, yeah, there go. I'm going to keep moving along because it's basically a podcast anyway, so. Anyways, where was I? Um, yeah, so what's occurring now is an opportunity, um, I believe the Lord has created where, uh, let's see if I can get this video going on. Uh, I I believe the Lord has allowed an opportunity, um, out of this tough season for people. Um, obviously COVID has changed the way people do things. It's changed the way they operate. It's changed the way they look at themselves. They look at money. They look at churches. They look at their fellowship, you know, all that stuff. And, um, yeah i mean it's you you really have to um dig deep when something uh, is occurring that is pushing you out of your comfort zone um for instance uh, if you've lost a job you've been praying to the lord for a place to work money provision right And all the while the opportunity has been presented to not just focus on what you're seeing but to focus on what God might be doing Um, and this is a big part of what I I see as a shift as that people are experiencing a closeness with the Lord and then while that closeness is occurring there's been identity um, poured out over people meaning God's grace God's love God's thoughts for man—they start to come more readily because we're spending more time with Him. You can't help but be changed when you sit in the presence of the Lord, and you start to hear the things. Or you're reading the Word. You know, spending more time in the Word, you start reading the Word—who you are and whose you are and what you're here for. Right? That begins a restoration process, a revelation process of of what it is. That you're called to, that's outside of these uh, normative structures of social systems, social movements. Uh, you know how you make your money. Uh, what do you go about doing at the end of the day after you're done working? How do you? Uh, how do your families operate? You know, what I'm saying all those things are are changing. You know, and so when you you start to understand that. Um, there's a shift in your life. There's a shift that's occurred. You have to start asking yourself, um, what's the point? You know, we always say, so what? Have you ever heard of, uh, there's a pastor up in Bethesda, Maryland. uh, And he he does his pastor thing and he says his whole preaching thing. And at the end he says, so what, right? Well, the point is this, is anybody that you ever have seen in the Bible go through a wilderness you know, a period or uh, a possible uh, breakthrough moment. Um, Jacob, right, on the run in the middle of the desert, lays his head on the rock, sees angels ascending and descending. It's a breakthrough moment, right? Or right, after david's anointed, he spends 14 years in the desert, right? And then, right away, it seems that he's anointed, you know, he gets up on the throne. No, that breakthrough moment happened well before he sat on the throne. Right? He had to understand who he was, what he was about, what he was there for. Right. And this is this is where we're at. Okay. I call it a redig the wells, you know, redigging the wells of revival. But it's a lot deeper than that. You know, I don't think we can go back to anything that's happened before. I think what we're being shown is that some of the systems did not work out the way we thought they should, right? Or on paper, it seems as if those things should work out. If we want to talk about the church age, if we want to talk about families or whatever it might be, they've all had their prescribed norms of interacting with us or the society at large. But along the way, what's happened, we've talked about it a lot, is Babylon, there's different Babylonic modes of operation easiest one to latch on to or think about is just corporate values, corporations, kingdoms. You know, you go back to uh, Saul becoming king beforehand, Samuel says, look to the people, if you have uh, a king, they take your wives, they take your land, they take your best wine, they take your vineyards, they tax you, and then they send your men off the war, right? So the people were asking for a king to fight their own battles for them. But they didn't know what price they'd have to pay. What they were aiming at saying was that they didn't want God to be king. If you understand the whole thing with judges and prophets is they were uh, communing with the Lord, asking the Lord, hey, what is it we should do? We're out here doing X, Y, and Z. What do we do? Okay, go east and... Kill all the Malekites? Gotcha. Hey, Saul, we got to kill all the Malekites. Leave no one, no stone unturned. To us, it's barbaric in 2022. But if you understand what was happening, then first off, kings taking over land, you killed people, period. That was the way it worked. That was the way that the Israelites are going to have to take over some stuff. Abraham went on a conquest. It's a small little portion of scripture, but it says he went out on conquest and killed the kings in the land, right? Including Nimrod. He was told to kill the Amalekites. Saul was because uh, Amalekites, a lot of those ancient religions were practicing, practicing witchcraft. They were sacrificing babies, doing sex magic, all sorts of weird stuff. That had nothing to do with God. Everybody was indoctrinated in it. Everybody was sacrificed to it, blessed under it, whatever you want to call it. The kids on up. Everything that their culture was, it was all a part of it. So God's saying, we don't want anything to do with that. We don't want to taste or touch that. All right? Because it, it wasn't that God didn't have grace for it, it was that he knew that under the law, there were certain parameters for man to operate under. And that's where I'm getting that is that under any law, there's certain operating procedures. Under any system, there's operating procedures. Our church age, right? Uh, age of churches right entered in with the with the time when you know Jesus comes in, he ushers in the church age. It has certain protocols. You look a certain way. You know, you got to have some sort of pedigree if you want to be in sort of some sort of leadership. Your family has to operate a certain way. You can't have any kids looking out of sorts. You can't have that one outcast black sheep kid coming to church, dressing whatever, you know, expressing himself. He better have some khakis on and a polo shirt. Now, it sounds extreme, but the church age, all that stuff, it brings with it a lot more things besides just the outcomes of of behavioral looks and images there has been racism in the church there has been sexism there has been uh, I don't know the best way to put it not socialism but a, a socio-economic barrier the people go to churches because they look a certain way they feel more comfortable because the presentation of the space is different it just is what it is And, you know, as people, we flock to be with people that are like us. But what's happened in the church age is that we built Christian culture, a Christian culture. The word Christ itself means little Christ. The first five centuries of Christianity didn't um, even call themselves, quote unquote, Christians. Right? They just called themselves followers of Christ, disciples of Christ. These These terms come from Babylonic um foundation when rome at some point in time wanted to become united under one religion christianity was the one that seemed best because it was the most tolerant and it had most holdover or things that kind of could relate to the greeks the greek systems of religion so it was easy all right constantine the problem is that it's been a cycle and what fits for the generation ends up fitting into the church instead of the church kind of calling to attention, the idea of church at least, the gospel, right? That, that the church itself isn't held accountable by kingdom principles, the church itself is held accountable by man standards. A man's standards will fight for its own battles. It'll build up its own kingdoms. It will create its own empires. And that's okay because God said it would happen. It's expected. And because it's expected as an outcome, we can understand that God's got plans for all that, right? I believe some of the planning that's in place is that the Lord is having people uh, see what's happened to the church, see what's happening, have their eyes revealed to what's going on, right? If you have the mind of Christ, you see how things are supposed to be versus what they are in a broken and fallen world. And we can restore those things. We help restore people, right? We speak into people's lives. We speak a blessing over people. We encourage people. We pray for people, right? We give prophetic words, sometimes words of knowledge. But most of all, we love. We love those in communities that... um, the the people in communities that are hardest to love right now at the end of the day everybody's hard to love and everybody needs love right and that's the point but we can't see that if first we ourselves are not understanding who we really are all this talk of revival and restoration all that stuff it doesn't happen until we understand that we're sons and daughters right and so i wanted to touch on psalm 23 i'll get it up here in a second i've been talking about psalm 23 a lot with a lot of people um the lord put it on my heart Uh, i had a vision or something i can't remember what happened but no more than a week later um i heard justin paul abraham talking about psalm 23 being an entrance into the mechizek order And I'm reading a book called The McKissick Order by Ian Clayton. And um, that's been on my heart for a long time. That podcast, that that Justin Paul Abraham podcast, is all the way from 2016. For some reason, they just uploaded a bunch to the iTunes store or whatever, and I just happened to see it. I don't believe those things happen as coincidence especially since the Lord showed me that Psalm 23, especially showed me that there was something about the feasting table, which was going to help people see him for who he really was. We talk about Psalm 23 as a, it's a Davidic Psalm, um, but it's pretty prophetic um, in terms of understanding the McKinic order. I didn't see this until I, uh, listen to it more but it makes perfect sense these are all um, things that are listed here in Psalm 23 what God is doing and I think just off the bat I just wanted to mention uh, Billy Graham he talks about revival in one of his books I can't remember it might have been his autobiography And he's talking about how there's been many a revival, you know, and some have gone off without a hitch, you know, some have gone, there's a couple Brownsville, Toronto fire. If you look at some of the older ones, um, the Sousa street revival, for instance, of like 1903 or something like that. Signs and wonders. It's being led by a black man, one-eyed black man, Holy spirit hits. People are speaking in tongues, speaking different languages, Getting slain in the spirit, people get healed. There's regenerative, regenerative miracles happening. People's there's limbs growing, pieces of eat whatever things are happening. Man, God can do all of that. The problem with that period of time, obviously, is you have um, issues of slavery and racism and misogyny and just people taking advantage of people, and then governments not really taking care of some people in their community black people right african-americans and what happens is that revival tarries right that revival and there's infighting there's things that come up because some people say hey, we don't want to we're going to listen to some black man preach at us about this that oh, you know what does he think he is and for a long time there's been that disunity In the church. That's a whole different story for another day. But I will say that a part of revival is connected to the unity of the churches. Blacks and whites worshipping together, fellowshipping with one another, having everything in common, understanding they have everything in common. And that everything in common, I believe, in Acts two, by the way, is the love of God. A hunger for the the love of the Lord. And his kingdom to be manifest here on earth that's the only thing they could really have in common even if you look in other parts of the scripture Peter and Paul have a disagreement and you don't really see them hanging out with each other much you know one's a Jew one's a Gentile right Um, actually they're both Jews never mind one's a Pharisee who killed a bunch of people (laughs) and one was not right but um, I guess the point is I guess I threw in Gentile one sided with Gentiles Right, because if I don't, um, if I'm not mistaken, Paul was a Roman citizen and so he had some dealings with Gentiles, and obviously, he's the one that uh, helped spread a lot of the gospel into some of those churches that um, were predominantly Gentile. Um, so, anyways, I digressed looking at the time. The revival, though, I believe actually begins in our own hearts and it begins with understanding. Um, God's heart for us and that as we see his heart for us it changes our heart towards ourselves and then our heart towards ourselves um, grows and um, strength and in character in the Lord instead of the things that we think are deficiencies or the things that separate us from the Lord they are small they're great whatever it is. there's so many different things that get in the way of our hunger for the Lord but there's something about the love of God, understanding his depth of love, right? There's there's nothing we could have been doing um, to make him love us any more than he does already. I mean, the fact that he would send his son to die for us, that's love, right? That's a supreme love. And he would be a part of it, too, because it anguished him. It was a deep deep sadness I can't even fathom right but what I'm saying is as we look at Psalm 23 and we understand that we're supposed to know who we are to do the work of the Lord to operate in love we have to understand that we're actually supposed to be like Jesus and that we actually do have the authority and power It sounds crazy to think and say but we have authority and power that's been given to us from Him and Yeshua says over and over in different ways, you're gonna do these things and much more. So don't be amazed by these little signs and wonders. This other thing, you know, you're gonna be doing other stuff. There's gonna come a day where signs and wonders, doing you know all the stuff, healing people, all this and that, getting drunk in the spirit, it's gonna be nothing. You know, that's just gonna be like normal every day. And in fact, we shouldn't call it supernatural, right? We have schools of Whatever, um, good stuff. You know what I'm saying? There's good, I, I'm down with them too. But we call them supernatural ministry schools or whatever. And I mean, in the same people, they put me onto it. It's, uh, uh, you, you would have to think that what we're operating in, in the spirit, is more natural for us than supernatural. Meaning that's how we were made to, to operate, anyways. God made you and me to be able to be filled with His love. The frequency of his love to change spaces to walk by people right and if their shadow falls on them they get healed peter right is we're supposed to change shift the room whether we're in church or not some of our churches need a shift you're supposed to be that shift possibly you're supposed to be faithful to the call but also understand that you're a part of being a catalyst to change it starts with our homes and it then goes to our churches. Because the next thing we're going to try to do always is the church is bring more people in and create a space based on what we think the people need. This is not about us. Okay. And we're not going to elect some king or do something that's not kingdom oriented. We're not going to do something because it has anything to do with our own battles. Right. So whether it's getting more people in churches. Right. To get the tides up, all that. that's not getting done just for the heck of it. That's not a battle we've been called to, I don't think. but nonetheless, um, what I believe is happening I touched on earlier, is that people are revealing or being it's being revealed to people that the Lord uh, is blessing them, causing them to prosper allowing for them entrances into revelation that they really didn't manufacture on their own there was not even a thought it just sort of happened and I'm sort of the same way I do know that there was a lot of time spent by myself reading certain books I might not have read you know digging into stuff that I believe the Lord wanted me to but I you know but it was an act of obedience you know, to sit before some of these authors and read, pour over scripture, whatever it is that the Lord has for you, it, it, it's, it's a pathway, an entrance way into um, the understanding that all you have to really do is sit and rest in Him. When we wake up, good morning, Holy Spirit. Throughout the day, uh, Yeshua, show me who needs to see you today. Oh, it's my wife. Show me how to love my wife. And my kids, how can I be Jesus to my kids? Lord, expand my heart. Any traumas that are in my heart, remove them. Anything, Lord, that's getting in the way, want to remove it. You know? And God takes the most honest, feeblest attempt. He just wants us, the best of our the best of us, even though we don't think we have anything to give you know what I'm saying if the our best is a little to somebody else but it's our best it doesn't, that's fine right? it's all about the heart so in Psalm 23 it says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not be in want he maketh me lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside still waters he restored my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake his name is his banner and it's his kingdom so it's for his kingdom's sake Yea, either i walk through the valley of the shadow that thou shalt feel no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod, and thy staff, come comfort me. So Jesus is with you now. He's with you as you lay your head down. He's with you as you wake up in the morning. Thou preparest the table before the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So there's protection, right? Whether the table's set, doesn't matter, there's victory or calamity the table's set so eat feast you know feast on the presence of the Lord and feast on whatever he's put before you. there's more to come you just gotta start operating in that and stop operating in fear and anxiety because that's all Babylon wants they want, uh, the, the system wants people that will move and operate and um, you know do all this under duress under the pitch you know of, of the fear, you know, only so many um, bad breaks people can get, you know, um, anyways, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever, so, you know, President, anoint my head with oil, anointed for good works, anointed and blessed, anointed and set apart an anointing is a proclamation of something something's being set apart and consecrated for a reason my cup runneth over it's not talking about the oil it's talking about a cup being filled with oil or new wine or living water right you get it you get your drink you put it to the fountain it's spilling over you know you drinking you what am i gonna do with it you know pour something give it to people hey look at look what I got. Look what God did. Look what's going on in my life. Right? That's all um, about his work, his saving grace, his power over you, his kingdom running through your life. Still waters, green pastures, prosperity, peace, restoring the soul. Right? And he's doing all the work. It seems as if we would be better off understanding that at some point in time there is a as a moment where we sit on our throne for real for real in the heavenlies. But there's also a moment that it's already occurred that the Lord has already provided that place outside of space and time. So therefore, part of you operates in. Uh, outside of this space and time. Part of you is already resting in the Lord. Part of you is already sitting with him in the garden or in a library room looking at books that are esoteric and unpublished and written by angelic hands. There are so many things, right, that we can count. But this this is an archetype for a people, Makizetic Order, a people that are righteous, not on their own behalf, but because of Jesus. Understand that He makes them righteous, right? Walking His way allows us to walk in the power, but it doesn't make us righteous. Our righteousness comes by way of us saying, Look, I believe in this man. I believe he's my savior. I believe he loves me. And I believe that whatever he says to do I'm going to do it because I'm going to devote my life to this holy man but obviously he's much more than a holy man he's a son of God he's the king of the universe he was there in the beginning he is the word he's also light he's also love right and out of him come all of the things of life that we enjoy right so what's this mean for you? I think this means that you have to start practicing the presence of God, getting into quiet spaces, reading your Bible differently, not just to read it, but to say, God, there's a mystery here. And my life is needing some uncovering. There's some things that I want to find out about myself. There's some things I want to find out about what you want me to do. Those are real prayers, simple prayers, but it's only if you want it. These things that are happening with the remnant or those who are sparking and catalyzing, being a catalyst for revival, those people are seeing the Lord move in miraculous ways and then they're they're operating in faith. Psalm 23 is that. He did everything. You see him bless you. What you're going to do. You see uh, his uh, his blessings are over you. His Holy Spirit is over you. It's working in you. Changing life. Changing other people's lives. Right? You see a that, But it was nothing you did. And that's the beauty of the song. Is that there's nothing that we have to do to enter into the new spaces that he's providing. Spacious places. There's nothing you have to do but just trust him and sit with him. Sup with him. So that's my word for a little bit. There's much more to it. I believe there's a lot more going on. I believe that the restoration is multifaceted. I believe it's not just people realizing, oh, I'm a son of God. I think it's a lot more than that. I think there's an intention in the heart, there's a hunger. And then also, Lord, sometimes there's sacrifices. Time sacrifice, people sacrifice, whatever. Letting go of fears, letting go of anxieties, trusting God. So many things, right? So let's pray until that end that the Lord will impress upon us what it is we're here for, why we're here for it, and how we can enter into these spacious places. How can we meditate? On the names of Yahweh, for instance. How long do we do that? That's up to you, Lord. But Lord, I just pray that people would be prompted to start sitting with you, just like Enoch, just like Elijah, just like the disciples. Sitting with you. No agenda, nothing that's in the way. It's not a checklist, it's not a performance. Reading the Word doesn't make you holier. Going to Bible studies doesn't make you holier. What makes you holy? enough. so Lord I just pray through Psalms 23 or pray for people Lord around the world people listening lord to know that the Lord is our shepherd and Lord that we we don't have any wants because first off Lord we're contented with the very first most important things that we have you but also Lord we've seen you move in miraculous ways and so we say no to fear in the name of Jesus that would tell us to worry about our finances Lord that's why we pray in the name of Jesus that Lord you would miraculously create uh, cash flow for people that are listening or actually create job opportunities or actually bring businesses into new thresholds of uh, capacity, increase capacity Lord, increase business cash flow, increase business, uh, businesses and their strategies lord and their creativity lord um, bless them with time to see their families enjoy their families enjoy the fruit of the labor uh, lord we don't work for money or prestige or success we work because lord and um, it's a part of the mandate it's a part of our process of looking like you and operating like you talking like you lord jesus and walking like you Holy Spirit, I pray that, Lord, we would understand that because you you set out green pastures, there's places of rest. Lord, it might not seem like it for some people in the midst of situations, Lord. Um, my Lord, uh, I pray that if there are anybody, any people out there that are suffering life threatening situations, Lord, I pray for miraculous healing. Also, pray, Lord, that you'd send your angels, protecting angels, healing angels, warring angels, breaker angels, Lord, to set up a new atmosphere for those who. Are in some type of anguish or pain. Holy Spirit, pray for marriages, Lord, that are experiencing uh, differences uh, of opinion, Lord Jesus, which are causing disunity and fear. Lord Jesus, pray for unity over the marriages in the country. Pray for um, not just this this week, but Lord Jesus, uh, paradigm shifts all over the place. God, what what is our who are we? What's my identity as a man of God? Is my identity wrapped up in what other people say? Or is my identity more founded in, like, hey, this is what I like to do? This is who I am. This, this is how I like to understand the Lord. This is how I like to be with the Lord. You know, uh, there's nothing, Lord, there's nothing too out there. Um, but, Lord, I just pray that also um, if there are enemies encroaching upon people, that, Lord, it seems like it's hard for people to kind of imagine and go to a feasting table. Lord, I pray that you um, break through, break through people's natural realm, understanding, break through their imagination, Lord, and let their eyes be lighted to the kingdom of what you're doing, what's at hand, and what's coming, what's, what's going to come, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that the people of God would remain in steadfast hope, uh, and um, Lord, the people of God would um, start to spread, share the gospel in a new way, start to be creative, Lord, start to be about building community, but also um, helping people find said community, Lord. I pray all this in Jesus' name, Alright, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. I'm going to be doing another meditation, not tonight, it's kind of late, but maybe tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to meditate on Psalms 23, and that's going to be good. I did it last week, and it didn't record, so it'll be it'll be awesome um we'll see what the Lord has hoping this was encouraging for you guys you got something anything out of it be encouraged tough season tough times for everybody churches involved countries involved um, pray for people in Ukraine pray for them sisters and brothers out there um lock arms with them um, because what's going on obviously is an attack of the enemy and um and Lord um yeah definitely um I want you guys to be encouraged, uh, as well as the fact that um, you guys are a part of, of the revival and restoration, Lord. Um, that that you guys are actually um, uh, playing A. This job is, is you. You're the person. You're the man. You're the woman for the job. You are who is called to the situation to to share the good news, share what God's doing, and tell tell them, hey, we're in for a jubilee. And if, if, if they don't see it, pray for them. Supernatural healing, supernatural wonders, supernatural blessing over their bank accounts, right? Pray for yourself. Allow the Spirit to move over in such a way that there's got to be a miracle that's going to happen. You can, you've seen it. You've been with the Lord, you've seen it. Allow that to be the wonder-working power. And then the next time you go to work, you say, hey, guess what? That car I've been praying for, him, it came through. How? The Lord you will talk about it let's talk about it at lunch right all right y'all that's it love y'all be well be good um and